0: For some, it's art. For others, music. People who collect books are bibliophiles. And folks who collect bugs are entomologists, stamp collectors, philatelists, whereas those who collect wine are simply wine collectors. Whatever you collect, from things to experiences, collecting is part obsession, part expertise, and all passion. It takes time takes dedication and it takes love. So if you decide to start collecting, make sure you have a taste for it. Speaking of tastes, do you know what they call somebody who collects whiskey? Damn lucky. Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. Yes, I am Louise Solace the skipper, on this less than three-hour tour. <laughs> and with me is my first mate, my Gilligan, Doc, and Ginger, all wrapped up into one. <laughs> and yes, her name is Gina.
1: <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this is it. This takes the cake, Louise. This is it. Now I'm like, uh, I'm on a, an island with you. I want to be on Fantasy Island if we're going to do that.
0: The plane, <laughs> I mean, the plane. <laughs>
1: all
0: right, so. At least there's
1: tropical drinks there.
0: Yes, there are quite a few, I would imagine. So, but um, we are at a crossroads. We are absolutely at a crossroads, Gina. We are at the crossroads where obsession meets passion, where it might be harder to determine the hoarder from the curator. (laughs) And, you know, that is definitely a fine line between genius and madness. And speaking of madness, today's designated drinker um, is here to tell us a little bit more about the method behind his madness in his amazing realm of collecting whiskey so please with no further ado welcome bill thomas of jack rose dining saloon yay thank you for having me thanks for stopping by your bar (laughs) thanks Thanks for having us yeah pleasure just so everyone knows yes we are at jack rose dining saloon they are hosting the designated drinker show and we are very thankful so thank you
2: is it okay if i pour Absol- okay.
0: Please. Yeah,
1: it's, that's, that's it's the designated
0: drinker show. There's a, we always pour. We're going to jump right in right yep. now. exactly. So uh, what are you pouring us?
2: Uh, a Wathen single barrel, which there weren't very many done. Uh, the Medley family just started this project of uh, single barrel cash strength Wathens. And I can't remember how many they put out uh, for you. the United States, but it wasn't very many. Thank and, you. Um, it's funny because we were actually sitting around with Sam Medley. I'm I'm friends with both Sam and Charles. Wow. Uh, Charles was uh, his father was the last master distiller at uh Medley Distilling. And we were sitting around the booth one night and uh they were ju- we were just talking ideas and we came up with some ideas for uh doing a cash drink series uh with the family's names on it, mm. which they oh. actually which they actually did. Oh, that's awesome. So it was amazing that we were uh that, that That idea was formed here, Jack Rose, and then from this they came out with the uh, right after that the uh, barrel proof editions, and they uh, went to all the i guess their favorite uh, supporters that's around amazing. the country, and we were all able to get a single cask
0: that's amazing so yeah
2: pretty good stuff it's the first stuff coming out like this, and um, i've long thought that the medley products have been one of the undiscovered gems yeah. in the bourbon world and what they didn't have was a high-proof spirit. So when they came out with the series of uh, family name bottlings, uh, and then they came out with this, I think it put it on the radar of all the uh, really whiskey geeks. <laughs> and we've um, all of a sudden, I think it's it's really helped uh, with brand exposure and show the quality of uh, distillate that they're putting out.
0: So for the non-whiskey um, geek. <clears throat> um, what do they look for when it when when you're at this caliber?
1: Wait, let's let's back up. Okay,
2: Bill. <laughs> Sorry.
1: You know you nope. got you got to back up just even a little bit further because the non is like a little bit of loss, but most people don't realize that um, liquor is comes to you at usually 80 proof. Right. And then you have what they call higher strength, which is like 92 proof, like gin. And then you have a bonded, which starts at 100 proof. What is the proof on this one?
2: This one is 118.6. Ooh-hoo. So this was.
1: So is it, this is not quite as ca- Is it cask? Yeah, it's, it's barrel ca- proof. Okay, yeah. so it's barrel proof. Barrel proof means it comes straight from the barrel directly into um, the bottle. So that means they don't dilute it with any kind of water, Correct. Right? right? Correct, yeah, which
2: is the only thing you can do to a bourbon from the cask to keep the designation of bourbon is add water to bring down the proof.
1: Gotcha. And make more money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's diluting, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. increasing, some people would call it. Yeah. Right? Exactly. No, anyway... Sorry. Now go ahead. Now go ahead. No. I didn't mean to stop your thought. No, but. that's great. Because
0: a lot of times, like I always find myself, you guys start geeking down on this stuff. I'm like, oh, where do I ask the question? Because I, sometimes I don't just don't know. So yeah, I think,
2: I think John Hansel put it best when he said that, you know, buying cash strength, the whiskeys, especially at a really good affordable rate, it's like getting 30% of the bottle for free. <laughs> and it really is. That's where the value is. So Hansel said that 15 years ago. And it's always stuck wow. with me, that quote. That's awesome.
0: So, so um, I I have done a little bit of research and I've uh, read that you're a whiskey or a bottle hunter or is that, did I get that uh, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, hunting in its its truest form of like liquor store to liquor stores is, is pretty much over um, minus, minus new releases. It's really hard to find anything of uh, any, what they would call a dusty, which is a really old vintage of something. Um, it happens on occasion when a liquor store maybe changes hands and the new owner is cleaning out the back. But normally we've already talked our way into the back room, so that generally doesn't happen either. Um, uh, I'm just
0: usually trying to try to talk my way out of the back room. Yeah, so,
2: there you go. Um, so now, really, what it comes down to is personal collections, uh, private homes, uh, states. That I kind just, of thing? yeah, I just did a, uh, I just did an old mansion, wow. in uh, Kentucky last week. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Actually, they they wouldn't let me into their liquor cellar when I was there the month before. Um, because it was too much trouble. And then uh, I was like, well, you know, I was thinking about coming back for your other charity event and buy some tickets, and they did, and they left. (laughs) And I said, but you know what? If I come all the way back to Kentucky, I'd like to get in the cellar. And they were like, done. And then we got there, and they said, sorry, the owner says you can't go into the cellar. And I was like, okay. And then after, uh, I was like, well, you know, Take photos or bring them up, and she just said, "Screw it, I'm taking you down to the cellar." Wow! And, which nice. we did, and we ended up pulling a hundred bottles. Wow. wow! of the cellar, so it was pretty impressive. What was,
1: was what was the oldest?
2: The oldest would be uh, some 1940s port wow. and uh, Madeira. Nice. Uh, some 1950 chartreuse.
1: So good. Yes. <laughs> People don't know that that vintage was uh, well. That era of um, chartreuse was actually amazing.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, it, w- it, w- it the
1: 50s, the late 40s and 50s.
2: Yeah. I, and the, the, you know, it, it was, we walked is in it? and I saw those bottles and I was like, okay, we're, we're, we've got something. This was worth making the trip.
1: Did you get yeah. the eau de vie chartreuse or did you get the regular chartreuse?
2: You know, here's the funny thing is I didn't, you know, when you go into something like that and you're looking at all these bottles, you just, you, you hit them and these are super dusty, caked in, uh, wow. literally like where I, a wet rag would take to get the, the 60, 80 years of dust wow. off of these bottles. So we just, Put Them in boxes, I couldn't even tell you what they
1: are. So, I'll be going to see where this is. <laughs> you know, you know well, you, the, the, you, 40, you, the 40s, 50s, like, it's a toss up whether you got the eau de V or you didn't. Because after World War, um, it was World War I, they stopped, they started making, they had uh, eau de v, and then they were still bottling that for years, right? And then it was uh, it was like late 40s when they flipped it and they changed. So you couldn't get the, they stopped making the Eau de V altogether right. and then chartreuse became chartreuse. If you have the Eau de Vise, the, the green um, Eau de it's like
2: I enjoyed, heaven. It is amazing because you're the second person that's asked me that question. And I just literally, cause I hauled a hundred bottles and the problem was it was across more than the length of Jack Rose, which is pretty big through multiple rooms, up steps, then up steps, then up steps, then up steps, oh, and God. I'm hauling. <laughs> so my thing was just to get the bottles out, Yeah, you know, get them out, yeah. get them outside. And uh, unfortunately, we have, or fortunately, we have a, uh, uh, a warehouse in Kentucky. Oh. So we just throw it in there, like, which is crazy because, like, I go to the store. I mean, there's empty barrels. There's stacks of, of, of whiskey, stacks of uh, spirits, memorabilia. It's a mate when every time I open that door into the storage unit, I'm like, this is incredible. So you remember
0: those crossroads that I brought out? I mentioned early on (laughs) (laughs) obsession and curating. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And it's great because somebody, people always ask me, do you you have an inventory on stuff? And I go, no, because every day is like Christmas (laughs) because you forget what you have. You know, you open a box and you're like, oh, my God. So like now that I, I mean, now it's like it's funny. I came on. The show, and and here I am learning something. Yeah. As opposed to uh, uh, laying down any knowledge myself, so I'm, I'm, it's already worth, there's a lot of time. It's left. worth coming on the show just to <laughs> just to get that little bit of information from Gina. Um, and now I'm super excited. It almost I makes me want to leave here, get a plane, fly down there just to look just at it. so you could call um,
1: it texture and say, look what it is. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> like, I'll be, uh,
1: Change up. I go with you. I'll start helping inventory. I want to see it. Well, it's
2: funny. We 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 actually down there because you know the stuff's been down there, and it's unfortunately. It was up, down steps, uh, through a boiler room, and then this hidden gem, because this was all during Prohibition. I mean, literally the door says, high voltage, stay out, blah, blah, blah. And this was legit. They were literally making it as inaccessible as possible. That's
0: crazy. uh, In this old
2: mansion. And uh, we went in there, and so you have port, and you have Madeira, obviously Madeira is super stable, oxidized, Um, so the labels were gone. I literally just punctured through the corks, because they were disintegrating, and was letting the Spirit drip through just so I could say, okay, this is good. I'll take these five bottles. This is good. I'll take these five bottles just to see what was oxidized and what wasn't.
1: Wow! So Do not even uh, know what's on half? What's in half the bottles?
2: Well, as soon as it yeah,
1: as soon as it leaves as the show. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> no, no. As soon
2: as I uh, got it in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: was gonna I was say.
2: Like, like, right. so some of the labels are disappeared, but I'm like, um, it's funny because we left uh, we left uh, Madeira, old Madeiras and ports for for uh For Drew, who owns Willet and Newman who owns Harrison Smith House, we left all the ones that I cracked through for them to just drink. Wow, they were delicious actually, so uh I'm wow. looking forward to getting down there um, the
0: sacrificial lambs are they
2: oh no i, I yeah, <laughs> I know they're good. I had uh
0: no, I mean they have to puncture them and give them away uh, oh yeah, yeah, ones yeah you yeah. can't back <laughs> yeah, and they
2: were all the labels were all destroyed, so it's yeah. not like you can really put them out there or. Uh, is, if there's some part of a label that's great, but if they're completely Nothing. almost, yeah, you know, the only thing you can do is drink them.
0: Yeah,, you ah. know,
2: which is great you know? Not
0: a bad gig. I mean you can't can't, can't sell them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I love it when old bottles are messed up and have, you know, partial labels labels because collectors don't want them and we're not in the collecting game, we're in the drinking. Yeah. You know, these all have to eventually go off for sale at some point. That's awesome. Um so I love it when the the worse the label, the better. You know?
0: (laughs) So it has its own life. How Hmm. many so how many bottles do you think you've collected over the years
2: then? I mean, collected over the years. I mean I mean Jack Rose is running through about ten thousand bottles of Whiskey a year. Wow! So we're constantly buying. Um, uh, it's crazy. I you know I, I think back to how much we take out of the secondary market, and and that stuff isn't being uh, you know put into a sorghum. That that's actually sales. Wow! So every year you can account for you know three to four thousand vintage bottles being drunk and you know which is makes it less and less and less. If that's you think about crazy. it, we're talking you know, yeah, obviously that's a ramp up from day one, but here we are almost seven years in, we're probably talking 30,000 bottles. Wow. That were amazing, gone, you know, which is great. I mean, if you think about it, how many people were exposed to it? Yeah. And uh, I remember the first year when we when we opened up Jack Rose, there was these uh, whiskey guys coming in and, and, and Gina and I come from a time when everything was abundant, right? Yeah. I mean, everything used to yeah. be abundant. We we get everything you want. You get everything you want. So all of a sudden these whiskey guys that maybe were a little newer to the game were coming in and they were seeing all this stuff, stuff that we had cases of in storage and they were like taking photo, fo- putting them all in the bar and taking photos and they were like, you'll never see this lineup again. And I was like, what are they talking about? And literally within a year, they were right. Yeah, all of a sudden proved, they were, you, yeah. You proved
0: them right. <laughs> they were like,
2: I was like, yeah, you're right. I, we ran through them and we can't find them anymore. Wow. And it was amazing how, how quickly the market was consuming this, not only from us, but other collectors yeah. putting them in their collections. So, um, you know, it just was it was hard for me to wrap my head around that this whiskey thing was gonna go nuts.
1: I mean yeah. I, I can clearly remember pouring Pappy twenty three like a shots in a bar. Mm-hmm. Like, Whew, there you go, everybody. You know, like no big deal. And that the the cost in it was like, I don't know, eight bucks, nine dollars yeah. a shot. Now, so
0: of like of average cost then. Not, yeah, but like, like that now, But that was like,
1: not even that long ago. We're yeah. talking that's not even like what? That's I was at I was in Virginia at that time, so
2: it, yeah, it's not
1: even ten years. It's eight years oh, ago. Oh no, wow. yeah,
2: and it, it's funny because I remember reading an article in whiskey uh, whiskey advocate. I can't remember if it was malt. Yeah, at, at that point, it had switched to whiskey advocate, where Julian Van Winkle was saying that Pappy Twenty Three would no longer be Stitzel because they'd run out of the juice. It was going to be all Buffalo Trace juice. Uh, since then, they've kind of went back and forth. What's Stitzel? What's not? Like, it's <laughs> it's weird. All of a sudden now, it maybe. But I read that article, like, and I was like, this is going to create a run. On uh, on the sitzel, so I drove around to every liquor store I could find and bought up all the expensive pappy twenty threes that were still at liquor stores, and they were an average of two ninety nine to three fifty. Wow, and that that was a, good price, that was a price that would litter it. now. You know the the secondary market right now it's 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 gone down a bit, but right now you can get them for about fifteen hundred. Wow, you know, and three fifty was a was they would sit for years if they were at that price 2.99. And
1: now as an owner you get an allocation, a very small allocation, <laughs> but you are allowed to purchase them based on what you purchased for the year and they release like sometime in like November.
2: Yeah, and I we get so few. I mean, I have to buy about 10 to 12 on the secondary market just to uh, supplement our allocation.
1: Easily. To keep I'm it sure. going.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is the, the the funny thing is you can actually drink real Weller from the 60s and 70s for less than you can drink Pappy 23, which of <laughs> unknown origin is a Buffalo Trace, is a partial <laughs> Buffalo Trace. So it's weird. I love it I love it when someone comes in and they say, you know, we really would love to try Pappy, but it's too expensive. And I'm able to grab an actual Stitzel Weller from say the 60s or 70s, bring it down and be like, I tell you what, Instagram this out and yeah. you will get way more response than you can Instagram that out. <laughs> and it's like half the price. And wow. they're like, what are you talking about? And the quality of the distillers. Is really good. So,
0: how do you decide what goes into like your private collection? And then, what? I mean,
2: there's nothing that's technically off limits. So, people always say, Is there any bottle you wouldn't open? And the standard answer is, It's only with who and when.
0: Yeah, absolutely. N- you know, no, it's never,
2: yeah. uh, there's no bottle in the collection. You may buy a bottle, and we talked, I was talking with the collectors uh, a few days ago you might buy a new bottle that you really, you know, what of your Holy grail bottles, Something you've been looking for. Yep. You'll stare at it for about a year before you're like, eh. it's like, you know, that's it. Yeah. You know? So
1: What was your recent, most recent Holy grail?
2: Oh, um,
1: we stumped know, them. That's a
0: tough no, one. I,
2: no, I know. I've gotten some, some really, uh, some really good ones. What did I get recently? Um, is it like trying to pick your favorite child? Oh, yeah, child? yeah. This is crazy. And th- th- this is, <laughs> John, no, it's yeah. a, um, the very first Elijah Craig 18. Oh, my God. From Barrel One.
1: Whoa. Yeah, from Barrel One. Where did you find
2: that? Uh, a really great guy who uh, uh, has been a friend of mine since I, my very, in fact, I met him on my very first trip to Kentucky. And he had it, he had it in his little personal collection. And he finally let me uh, get access to buying what he had. And he was very reasonable with it. I said, listen, this is nothing more than a museum piece. Barrel one, Black yeah. Track 18 from, I think it's uh, I think it was 76 um, is when the Distillate was from. Um, Might have been 78. I, I can't remember at the moment. Uh, and I was like, so I can't afford to pay you. Like, what a super collector, but know that it's going to be on display and one day it'll be uh, tell an awesome story. And he was like, done. Wow. Give me a really good price on it. So that was exciting uh, to have that. I have the original Bookers from the 70s yeah. that he put out the friends and family. Wow. And uh, so I, I, I'm kind of putting together, I want to put together like a kind of a barrel one or like display <laughs> of like when these things came out. But also thinking back to, to when Gene and I were in the business, a lot of these iconic whiskeys of the day weren't even around when we started. They came after. I mean, a lot of this stuff is from 2002 and further. I mean, there was no George T. Stagg that we know today until 2002. Wow. There was no uh, Old Forrester birthday bourbon until 2002. I mean, this isn't some uh, these these the people that are getting today think oh these old iconic whiskeys and we were like we were here before they were even in existence, you know. And some of the brands we know, Bullet or whatever. I mean,
1: wait, I want to so. say my favorite thing that um, so DC is super lucky, right? Like in general, just to have Bill here because Bill brought to us um this amazing you know Willet whiskey, right? And I'll never forget it because when he first brought it in, he's like you should buy this whiskey and put it on your bar. I was like, okay. And he's like, just get it. I'm like, okay. And they had all these little labels on there. we will be like, will it, um, I'll never forget it, my favorite one, Suspension Bridge, yeah. right? So I'm like, oh my God, it's so good, it's so good. But What Bill never said was, there isn't gonna be any more of this, <laughs> just get it, right? So we're like, okay, and then we put them up on the bar and we started buying them and they came out like, pot of gold, different right. ones, right? So we buy them and now the bartender started getting into it. And we would go after it. Like we would drink them, sip them, you know, do the right thing. Well, now you love them, right? And then there was no more. Yeah. But then you secretly come here and you're like, I'd like some suspension bridge. Okay, no problem. We have it. It's right over here on this shelf, all the way on the top. And it's gonna be whatever price, yeah. right? But when we went to other markets, like I went to New York, they like, oh, go, What do you mean you don't have it? What do you mean you don't have yeah. this? What do you mean you don't have that? What do you mean you uh, have Weller? So when the Wellers started coming out, right? What do you, what do you mean that you don't carry? Like, you're New York. What do you mean? Yeah. Well, I never realized just how special like what Bill did for all of us was because like he gave us an education in something that we weren't even like prepared for. Like what was going to happen? And it wasn't until I went to Delilah's in Chicago when I met Mike for the first time, I really realized what Bill had done for this little bartender, like microcosm, you know, District of Columbia uh, drinking and like he created and curated and like this is when he was still at um, Bourbon and when Bourbon, prior to Bourbon Bourbon was Blue Room and Bill was a DJ and you know what I mean? <laughs> so his vinyl Technically
2: I was never a DJ. I mean
1: uh, you,
2: I was an enthusiast of electronic music and <laughs> yes. hired a lot of DJs. Yes,
1: uh, yes. Uh, I've seen you back I thought, there. I thought we were going to have a good secret here.
2: No, 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 but I still have the coffin with the two Technique 1200s and, a, and the mixer which will go to the new bar what? And I've already, I've already gotten Dan Searing to promise me that he'll spin some there.
1: Oh, my God. So wait, t- talk about the new place. Talk about the new place. Yeah. I'll make a cocktail uh, after.
2: Um, uh, so, the new place is on the corner of 18th and Florida. And it is going to be um, called the Imperial. And it will be a little more North Atlantic kind of uh, fair, small plate. There will be a raw bar, although it won't be like an oyster thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that'll just be a small component on the one side of the uh, the restaurant. Uh, it'll specialize more in every other spirit. So we're looking forward to a lot more gins, um, a lot more tequilas, uh, a lot more mezcals, that kind of stuff, as yeah. well as a big sparkling list, nice. Madeira's, ports. Um, the Dram and Grain will move over there to a space that's uh, two or three times the size easily with a wow. fireplace room, a place to put a, you know, drop the coffin in and, and do a little DJing, Um so it's just going to be kind of a real super drinker's paradise.
0: Would we'll do a little corner where po- this little podcast can do a little something? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's plenty. There. It, it's perfect.
2: Ceiling heights are huge in the basement. Nice. Um, where, where, where Dram and Grain's going. So it's going to be pretty exciting. It's just definitely, you know, we've been buying up, you know, we already had a ton of vintage spirits, but I've been, you know, going on the road and buying as much as I can. Wow. So I can, our chartreuse list is just like, like, we're buying more, but I'm like, at some point I have to stop because it's pretty voluminous now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow. That crossword. Yeah.
0: yeah. Do you see that sparkling her eye every time no, you keep saying No, he doesn't. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah it's going to be a pretty amazing uh, vintage list. I think it's a perfect complement to what we're doing here. So uh, I think that'll, I, I, I hope that'll open up in about four months. Wow. And then That's we'll- That's a pretty uh,
0: aggressive uh, time frame. Wait, I have a
1: yeah. question. Have you ever been to the um, the vintage, the seller at the Savoy in London?
2: I have not. I have not. Although, when you're, uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: You will legitimately. That will be the. That will that will be the end for
2: you.
0: <laughs> oh really? They so maybe nev- you shouldn't go
1: then. They that never. Like a bad- <laughs> no, when you talk about vintage gins, first yeah. productions, yeah. the right labels, everything, it's all there. Because remember, they never went through prohibition. Yeah. Right. But yeah. the Savoy, you know, the Savoy cocktail book doesn't get any more um, printed cocktail book ever made, right? And I've had the honor the honor of making cocktails with the original spirits from the years that they were that they came out with you know um. and trust me making a pegu club from the year and like having everything from the 1940s it's like oh my god this is the coolest right so i feel like we take a trip now we, yeah. we were supposed to go to cuba but now i feel like the trip really has to happen
2: yeah well I, it's funny one of my most prized possessions is the savoy cocktail book that i have which was given to me as a gift years ago back blue room days um, and it's from the like British ambassador wow. to, um, a New Jersey congressman and his family still, uh, it's one of those dynasty families, yeah. uh, uh, They're still in Congress today, I believe. And on the eve of the great repeal is the inscription
1: Wow, and that
2: is my one of my prized possessions. I've
1: got chills up yeah. and down my arms. It's amazing.
2: <laughs> the book is in horrible shape, but when you open it and then you see the inscription and the beautiful handwriting and as well. you of course, yeah. you know, was- and, uh, and And then I did the research and I was like, wait a minute, this is a New Jersey congressman and this is the... And, and you know, it, oh, it was cool. amazing.
0: That's
1: a really cool um, find. Which I
2: think I'm going to put it on display at the... Uh, uh, either at Imperial or the place over in Glover Park.
1: Nice. Um, With like a do not touch ever, right? Oh, it'll (laughs) be behind. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be open
2: and behind glass. Because like,
1: you know, everybody will put their little grubby fingers and destroy the book and the integrity of it immediately. Yeah,
2: that was, uh, it it might have been probably, yeah, maybe my all time favorite gift. (gasps) I bet. bet. I bet. Just what a, perfect for, you know, the way this industry developed.
0: That's cool. Uh, so that's really cool. There's one something else I want to talk to you about, and I, I don't understand what this really means. So, um, when you're picking private barrels, what does that what?
2: what? Well, the, the biggest thing is obviously getting access to a single barrel. So, and some 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 different distilleries have programs where they'll allow you to go to the distillery, choose through x amount of barrels, and and select one that you think is exceptional, mm-hmm. and then have it bottled. Uh, generally. The way you want it which for us is cash strength uh sometimes the programs are unfortunate and they make you put it out at a a lower proof diluted uh and when they do that it loses some of its character so obviously finding places like medley that allowed us to buy something and put it out at from at barrel proof right from the barrel right to the bottle uh will it which was my long-term uh uh partner in terms of uh, barrel picks and uh, it's pretty exciting because they're, they're putting out their own distal lid. I think it's uh, up to six years old now. And I, I think eventually that barrel program will resume for people. So that's pretty exciting because their product is amazing. Always. Yeah. What they're putting out, Drew's killed it. Like, their, even their four-year-old rye. I was going to say, the rye
1: is amazing. God.
2: Um, I just did the tasting notes for their four-year-old rye for their website. And it blew me away. I mean, just shy. It's on my dining room table right now. Uh, The problem was the first time I went to do the tasting notes for them, it was so good. I just kept drinking it. And then I was like, I don't feel like doing the tasting notes. I just wanted to sit and drink. And that's what ended up happening. And they were like, Why aren't you doing the tasting notes? I was like, I'm sorry. I've sat down and then someone comes over and then I just drink it. Yeah. So, um, but I did get them the notes recently. Uh, Other, uh, you know, uh, obviously Buffalo Trace is doing the Weller Antiques and some other ones, uh, which is great because what we generally try to do there is. When they use a hydrometer to find out the proofing, you try to pick a barrel that's as close to, if you can, as close to barrel proof because you know they're going to bottle it at one or seven. Gotcha. So if you can find a bottle that's like maybe one ten, a barrel that's one ten or something like that, you know it's a minimal amount of dilution. You'll have almost the exact same you, uh, flavor profile that gotcha. you picked because I'm obviously sure. if you go through the effort of picking a single barrel, you want it to be that single barrel. Yeah. The first time I I picked a barrel of a uh, Buffalo Trace a long time, fifteen years ago, whatever it was they sent me the samples I tried it and then they sent it to me in bottle form at their proof and I couldn't tell the difference between that and the regular one off the shelf. Oh. And that bugged the hell on me and I said never again. Yeah. yeah like always barrel proof, always cash strength. Uh, and not because you have to drink the cash strength, uh you're an adult, you can water your own whiskey. Sure. So yeah. that's kind of our policy.
1: Nice. Yeah. How did, how it tastes good to you. All right. Speaking of watering your own whiskey, uh, well, we're going <laughs> to we actually have something different, right? So we have the barrel proof that um that Bill picked and it is for um, Jack Rose. And I took passion tea, right? Just a little tea bag, put it inside of the whiskey and it's actually steeping itself right now. So instead of adding like a ton of sugar or something to it, we're gonna do I don't know if you've been... T- <laughs> I, we've all been sipping this whiskey, right? Yes. So do you guys... Like- is, it, is it just me? Or are you guys getting like that beautiful, like... Uh, like a tiny, like little fruit component in the end, mm-hmm. right? So for me, that always like... It's, it's personal. It's a personal note. For me, that's a pineapple-y kind of uh, flavor. And like when I say tropical, tropical doesn't mean that it has to be like, you know, off of an island. So I'm going to put um, uh, half an ounce of a pineapple um, just cardamom syrup and then I'm just going to put a quarter ounce of ginger and basically what we're going to do is leave that in there so we have two ounces of the whiskey steeped with passion tea and then I'm going to um, put some crushed ice and then it's just going to be a really pretty julep. I can't wait this is a yeah. tough life I you know, leave it's crazy leave, don't you think? because <laughs> I
2: used to only get when I was obviously early on in the bar scene and Gina was at PS7's I was only really getting like one day off oh and uh, I would go to PS7s and sit at Gina's bar by myself. Nice. Yep. Because it was just, I needed a total escape from the industry in a sense. Yep. But I really wanted to just sit and drink beautiful cocktails. And I and one of the ones that still stuck with me all these years was a shrimp cocktail cocktail she made. <gasps> I don't know if you remember that.
1: I do remember that. That's when we did the pickle, the sourd shrimp, right? Yeah,
2: it was crazy. With blue gum <laughs> it, it was amazing. It was really good. And it's funny. And it uh, honestly, I actually took my mom. Oh, we awesome. and not have cocktails one Good. night. Uh, that's actually there.
0: where I met Gina as well.
2: Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah but was we, she was
0: doing; she was pouring Campari drinks that day. We so. did. Uh... She leaves a lasting impression. You yeah, Both yeah, well, yeah. of us go, Do you remember that one yeah. drink?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Ma- hey, Mom, I need, I want to go introduce you to a girl. And then I took her to a bar, and like, this is Gina.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got her hopes up. Yeah, yeah she's, she's like, like oh. Such she's a, like Such she's a like, disappointment But the cocktails you, are good <laughs> Yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Medicate that wound You just yeah, inflicted yeah. He, so She's all hopeful <laughs> so
2: you're not in a good relationship
1: Yeah
0: well, Which
2: is funny Well you
1: were In a great relationship Yeah, I was with in a, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And, and then And then And Frank And yeah. Frankie yeah, And, and Frankie. Frankie And then Frankie Frankie
1: yeah. came to work for you
2: Yeah Frankie did eventually it was, it was pretty awesome And it's funny that you mentioned Suspension bridge Because That was actually meant I called Drew And I was dating a girl in New York And I was going back and forth between here and New York and I go I need something to do when I'm up there can I will you give me the rights to Will It to do Will It up there and he's like you got it and Suspension Bridge was going to be the first New York Will It it wasn't supposed to be for the DC market it was going to Ah. be like and then we broke up I was like I don't need New York anymore (laughs) so they never got any of it (laughs) so so New York never got the the single fix New York you know
1: I gotta be honest with you like F them so you know whatever I need to oh can you hold this for a second yes sorry 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 it's so far away that's all right, all right. I'm gonna give you. I don't have julep spoons with me. Okay. So tell us what we got here. All right. Gina. So it's pineapple. So it's pineapple, ginger, uh, the barrel proof soaked, um, steeped with um, passion tea. One thing I love about um, overproof, like I, so anything that's overproof, cash strength, is that you don't have to add the sugar to make the flavor. You can use like tea, steep things in there, peels, um, very quickly, eight minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Don't like let it sit in there forever because what you're going to wind up doing is that you're going to burn out the flavor you want um, from the product and you're going to ruin the whiskey. So like people that do these infusions for like uh, two months, it's two months too long. <laughs> <laughs> so. are, you, are you
2: saying there's, instead of simple syrup, you're doing or any kind of sugar, you're doing the tea? What are it's, you doing? It's,
1: it's the tea. So it's the tea and then the juice. So ginger and then pineapple. It's beautiful. I love the... Um, but isn't that cool? I love the mint on top. Mm-hmm. It opens but up, your. Yeah. One thing that most people don't realize, whiskey has, like, sugar in it, right? Obviously, yeah. it creates sugar. It's a byproduct that's sweetened. You have to, like... You can use the product any way that you want to use it and make it, like, you know, um, you know, bring it forward. Just, you know... It's funny you know. because
2: I normally, like, probably I'm at a two-julep limit, and now I'm wondering if I can drink these. <laughs> like... A lot more of them. Like I'm wondering if I can get up to like five or six.
0: Well, you know, you know, we could, we could, we have all day. You know, I mean, I think we know the person who owns the bar. Yeah. I think we'll be okay. Yeah, this is
2: crazy. <laughs> this is so good.
0: I mean,
1: let's go to the derby with this, huh? How yeah. About?
0: So uh, for all of you listeners, if you've missed any of that, and I know we talked about a few steps in this uh, in this recipe. Don't worry, Gina. We'll have that all for you at designateddrinker.show. dot show. That's designateddrinker.show. dot show. All of our tips and how to will be there for you.
2: It yep. really balances out well. Lo- that tea, yeah. the sugar, everything. its
1: Making drinks for you is still the same as it always is for me. It's like this moment like where you and I yeah. are like this.
2: That's really good. And
1: I love that about you.
2: Yeah, I'm like... Uh, 15 I'm blown years away. later,
1: so yeah. same way.
2: That is so good. And yeah, I'm telling good. you, like...
0: I know, my life is to, tough, to, right? To
2: <laughs> missing that kind of sh- over-sugared julep that most you mostly get yeah. and getting this well-balanced, yeah. where the, where the whiskey is working really well with the tea to just like... Like, if you didn't tell me what was in this, I'd be like, why is this so much better, <laughs> actually, then like, julep is not my, my favorite drink by any means. I just don't, I obviously, I like my whiskey neat, so I like it to show through, yeah. and it gets a little lost sometimes, Yeah, and this is really well-balanced.
0: Yeah. Well, the hand to Gina. Yes. Yes. Let's yeah. cheers to that, salute. Cheers. cheers. One more so, on that note, I have, well it's kind of weird that I would do that on at this show but I'm going to have to so uh, just so everyone knows it's last call Bill has to go nowhere oh. <laughs> <But> <laughs> we're going to pack it up yeah we're going to pack yep. it up and get the hell out of here Gina
2: <laughs> thanks for having me thanks,
0: thanks for having us yeah exactly